In the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the fans are represented by two separate yet equally important groups, those who liked She-Hulk Attorney at Law and those who did not. These are their stories. Except it's not their stories, it's my story. And I loved She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Who am I? Ah, you know, I'm just another fanboy. There is... I apologize for that, but I think you'll find this a bit more interesting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Just Another Fanboy. I'm your host. My name is Steven. This is episode number 298, which means we have episode 300 coming up soon in a few weeks, couple of weeks. Um, I have some stuff planned for that. Uh, keep your eye out over there on, on Twitter. If you follow me on Twitter at Stephen or else or, or over on the Facebook, there's a just another fanboy Facebook page or, you know, you can join our freaking message boards and you'll get info there. But that's not why we're here today. We're not here to celebrate 300 episodes today. We'll get to that. Today, I wanted to talk about She-Hulk, Attorney at Law, the nine episode TV series that recently wrapped up over on the Disney plus. And, uh, well, yeah, I really enjoyed it. You probably got that from the, uh, from the opening. And, uh, I, I, you know, I'm probably going to be all over the place as I talk about this. I just want to talk about, uh, everything that I really liked. Um, and you know, a couple of minor critiques I had about the show. What I'm not going to do, first of all, is go into a deep dive and give you a bunch of uh, information, dates, and all that junk. Um, and I'm also not going to, uh, or at least I'm, I'm going to try not to focus on defending the show against some of the negative critiques I've seen online. I tend to do that every once in a while when I'm talking about something I really like. If I've seen a lot of people or even just one or two people talk about, you know, a property that I enjoy and they have made some negative remarks on it, I tend to focus on that and try to defend the property, you know? Well, I didn't like it because this person had a blue hat. And then I'll spend 20 minutes explaining why it was okay for that person to have a blue hat. Because back in issue number 19 and in, in a 2007, the, the, the character was given a blue hat by their dog. And, you know, it's, I just, I, I, I want to try to, uh, stay away from that in this episode because, uh, I got to stop doing that because frankly, people are not going to like everything that I like, you know, that's, uh, you know, it's a theme in my life. Most stuff that I like, I've, you know, a lot of the stuff that I grew up enjoying, most people around me don't seem to enjoy it as much as I do. So why should anything be different online? But um, I'm going to I'm going to just talk about, again, everything I enjoyed and possibly uh, a few minor critiques. And really, the only problem I had with the show were um, the moments in which the CGI in She-Hulk's face just wasn't great. Like uh, they either ran out of money or ran out of time. And I know that there have been occasions in which Disney Plus has gone back to fix that kind of stuff. And I'm really hoping they do it with this show. Um, 
because it is probably my favorite of all the MCU shows at this point. It's funny, I finished uh, when after the, the ninth episode dropped back on October 13th. Oh, there's a date. I said I wasn't going to do dates and there, there, there one was right there. But after it dropped and I, and I watched it, um, I immediately wanted to go back and watch the entire series again. And I thought, nah, how about instead you go back and watch through uh, all of the, the series, starting with WandaVision? And then I thought, nah, how about you just go back and watch through, do a rewatch re a of all of Phase 4, which does start with WandaVision. And I thought, that that's a splendid idea, Stephen. And I, I patted myself on the back, did a couple of those uh, freeze frame jumping high fives with myself, which is not an easy thing to do. But, you know, your boy's got talent. And uh, sat down a few days back to to do just that. And watched through all of WandaVision, watched through all of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, watched through all of Loki. And then at that point, I just started getting, eh, you know what, I, uh, I, 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 I want to watch all this stuff, but really, I, I want to watch She-Hulk again. So I, I went, I just rewatched She-Hulk, just, just finished it up last night. And it was fun watching it a second time because there, I, you know, I do doubt myself at times when it comes to TV shows and movies and I, I will watch something and it will end and I will have a huge grin on my face and I'll be thinking how much I love that. I just loved it so much. And then I go back and watch it a day or two later. And that's when I started start to notice the things that weren't all that great. And I start to question myself, did I really like this as much as I thought I did? Because the second viewing isn't really doing anything for me. And I didn't have that experience at all with She-Hulk. If anything, I liked the show uh, even more the second time around. And in fact, I should mention there, there will be spoilers. If you haven't watched it yet, folks, I, I don't mind if you stop listening to this episode and just kind of come back to it when you're done watching She-Hulk, as long as you come back. You know, I will not be ignored, listeners. Just come back. But the final episode, which turns out to be a very divisive episode. I mean, the whole series is. Um, but the final episode, more than anything. And I was really wondering if during my rewatch, if I would still enjoy that final episode. Because it's very meta. It doesn't quite... I mean, it ends, but it's just kind of an abrupt thing where... She uh, actually leaves, She-Hulk leaves the Marvel Cinematic Universe and goes into our universe. And she does so through the Netflix, or not Netflix, good God, through the uh, Disney Plus main page that you see when you go to Disney Plus online or, uh, you know, through a, through an app, through one of your, your, your smart TVs or, or whatever. And, uh, because it was ending in a very typical, you know, it's one of those things that you didn't, you don't really realize it until they really pointed out, but it was ending in a very typical MCU fashion. And Jen wasn't happy with that. She kind of figured my show is, is not your typical MCU affair and it's not. And so she comes into our world to confront the writers and the showrunners. And in the end, Kevin to argue against the way that the show was you know, the, the way the final episode was falling into place. And eventually she gets her way and it just kind of, you know, it doesn't have a big dramatic epic uh, stuff blowing up all over the place kind of ending. It just kind of ends the way life does. 
and the bad guy uh, gets his just desserts and um, everything turns out for the better in the end. But, you know, I, I, I just I wondered, did I enjoy it so much because it was just something I hadn't seen before on a Marvel show? And would I enjoy the ending as much the second time around? And again, I think I enjoyed it more. Um, so let's just let's talk about some of the things that I really enjoyed about this show. And there are a number of things. First of all, Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters. Um, she uh, this is the first thing I've ever seen her in. I know somebody pointed out the other day that if I'm enjoying her in this, I should watch something else, because uh, according to whom, whomever told me that she's even better in this other show. So I got to I got to go find that again. If, if, if that was you. Uh, remind me what you told me to go watch, uh, so I can go check it out. But I, I've never, as far as I can remember, watched anything with, uh, Tatiana, uh, Maslany in it before and fell in love with her. She, she gained a fan in this show. She was great. She's just one of these, you know, my wife and I always like to, if, if we're watching something, um, by ourselves, you know, she might be in the bedroom watching something and I might be out in the living room watching something. If we, encounter uh, an actor or an actress doing uh, just just a, a simple reaction, just doing something with their face that reacts to what's going on around them. And it's, you know, one of those moments where it's kind of a it's, you know, it's a small moment in the show or the movie, but they do it so well. It's hard, it's hard to explain. There's just some people can do just reactions, just things with their face. They, they act people who can act with their face without saying anything at all, I think is a, is a, is a wonderful thing. And she does it so well. I really, I enjoyed the entire cast. Jamila Jamil as Titania, Ginger Gonzaga as Nikki. She was great. Um, Jen's best friend and paralegal. She was really funny. Um, Mark Ruffalo, all right, here here might here's here might be a, a nitpick. There were a couple of moments where I, you know, I didn't think he was that great. <laughs> I'll say that. Um, I don't know. I, I I don't know. I don't know what was what was going on with his performance in the show, but the 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 one specific thing that really kind of stands out in my mind is is the moment in the first episode where he wakes up Jen using an air horn and she yells at him. And asks if the air horn was necessary, and his line is something like, uh, for comedic effect, definitely. And I, just, I don't know. Didn't like it. I don't know if it was the way he delivered it or just the the CGI didn't, didn't quite pull it off, which is a problem with CGI, you know, acting through CGI, especially on a TV show, because the budget is just not going to be as big as what you might have on, you know, Lord of the Rings, Gollum, the acting... The, the the face acting through CGI on Gollum was great. Um, but on a TV show, you may not you may not get to see a lot of that because of budgetary constraints and and time and whatnot. But uh and there there were moments with Jen, again, I I I I've already said that where the the CGI wasn't wasn't perfect and it's just the way it's gotta be. And then speaking of of actors and actresses who can act with their faces, I don't know why I have to say it like that. But the, I guess a moment that I will point out that was a, a, a wonderful face acting moment was the, the final episode when she is confronting Kevin. And, uh, of course, you know, I'm, like I said, I'm on a tangent all over the place. Of course, uh, we, those of us watching without subtitles, 
Uh, she's going to go talk to Kevin and we all assume she's going to go talk to Kevin Feige. And it turns out to be a, uh, artificial intelligence and that Kevin is a, is, is an, an, an initialism. I think that's, I don't think it's an acronym. I think it's an, an, an initialism. Um, now I am not looking that up. I can't remember any big brains out there. You can, you can correct me anyway. I thought that was really funny. Um, but when she is confronting Kevin and she's sitting on, she's asking a bunch of questions, you know, what's up with the daddy issues in the MCU? And then she asks, when are we going to see the X-Men? And then she turns and looks at the camera and gives us the fans a thumbs up and then just does this thing with her face. That is just probably one of the best moments in the entire show. Um, back to the cast, John Segura as Augustus Pug, Pugliese, um, probably one of my, uh, favorite characters on the show. Pug was, was, he was just great. Didn't look anything like his, his comic book version. His comic book version was practically the size of the Hulk, just a big muscly dude. Um, but Pug in this show, uh, I really enjoyed him and really enjoyed the actor. Um, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky. Uh, I had recently watched or started to watch The Incredible Hulk, you know, with Ed Norton and uh, Tim Roth as Emil Blonsky. And I got about halfway into it and I just kind of decided I just didn't feel like watching it anymore. Uh, Didn't really enjoy Tim Roth that much this time around as Emil Blonsky in The Incredible Hulk movie. But I love him as the uh, this this Emil Blonsky. I'm I'm going to say real quick. I guess I am going to do that thing where I'm going, I am going to address um, a bit of the negative criticisms that we've seen online regarding this show. Um, and that's just the the problem that people had with these characters who have been in the MCU before um, or characters from the comic books making their debut in the MCU, such as the Wrecking Crew, and not enjoying the comedic way in which they were characterized in this show. And again, opinions are opinions. Um, Without trying to come across as too defensive, this was a comedy. It was a legal comedy. And anytime I have ever picked up a comic book that is a humor book that's that that has, you know, we'll we'll say like a like like She-Hulk. John John Burns She-Hulk, for example, or um, the Wahaha era of the Justice League or Deadpool, you know, the books that are supposed to be funny. They, they, they are written to be humorous, that have characters in the books that are from other comics that aren't known to be, you know, or aren't known to be comedic characters, but come across comedic in these books. I don't ever see a lot of backlash about that. And in fact, I usually see folks who really enjoy that kind of stuff. You know, it was refreshing to see Daredevil acting kind of silly. And it was it was fun to see the abomination um, being into haikus and and being a, a life coach. That was funny. And it was a fun twist on the character. And I suppose that's because when it comes to books like that, at the end of the day, I think most folks read those books and go, all right, so they made uh, Daredevil act uh, kind of silly and against type, um, but he doesn't do that in his own book. So this is really kind of uh, not canon per se. 
And I, I think people are, are looking at the show and they're not making that distinction, I guess. I don't know. It's because it's an MCU property and it, you know, it's, it's, there's like no separation in their brain as far as, okay, so Daredevil is uh, cracking jokes. He's doing the walk of shame. Um, he didn't do anything like that in his show. So this is the worst, you know, this is, the, they, they've destroyed Daredevil for this show. And that's not the way I saw it at all. I thought this was a, a fun take on Daredevil. And um, I don't think this is the Daredevil we're going to get in Born Again when his show comes up. I don't, I just don't think we're going to get that. I think we're, we might see a little bit of, of the, the laughter. You know, he did seem to be a different person at the end of his show, the way his show, you know, wrapped up. And, you know, his show, the, the, the Netflix show, I don't think is, is canon at this point. I think it's a, uh, I think it's part of the multiverse, you know, it, it's in the MCU, but I don't think it's part of the, the 616 universe. So this Daredevil, I think, is a different Daredevil. And unfortunately, I think for some people, the first time we got to see MCU Daredevil, he was uh, being a bit, he, he smiled. We'll <laughs> just put it that way. He smiled and he had fun. And uh, that's not what people want out of uh, a Daredevil. And I don't think you're really going to get that in in the the Born Again show. I think we're you're going to get stuff like that in a show like She-Hulk um, because it is a comedy and we just have to kind of separate those two in our brains that, um, yeah, Emil Blonsky and the Abomination are some bad guys and the Abomination can do some abominable stuff. But uh, in She-Hulk, he's going to be funny. <laughs> he's going to he's going to uh, have seven soulmates and uh, speak in haikus and make uh, up words like Abomaste. And, uh, yeah, I don't know. I just, I, again, I, 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 let me, let me just stop with that line of, of defensiveness against, uh, negative stuff I've seen online. I just, that's, that's kind of the way that my brain processed, uh, Daredevil, for example. Um, I enjoyed him in the show. Matter of fact, the, the walk of the Daredevil walk of shame moment was one of my favorite moments in all of the nine episodes. Um, and I really quite enjoyed it. It, it was a little off putting at first. Uh, Charlie Cox smiling and uh, making jokes. But, you know, once you lean into it, it's it's kind of fun. Benedict Wong was wonderful in this show as Wong. Um, and then his new bestie, Madison, that he ends up hooking up with at one point during the show. I hope, really hope we see more of those two. Um, there's a moment in that final episode where Wong is, is is coming to get Emil Blonsky from prison and Emil's waiting for him. And you get the impression that Wong is late. And then when Wong shows up, Emil says, um, did you get into another show? And I took that whole conversation completely wrong. Uh, apparently he was just um, because earlier in the show, Wong, uh, we when we see him just chilling uh, during his private time, he's watching the Sopranos. It's like he's binging the Sopranos. He's really enjoying that show. And Blonsky's comment was, did you, or, you know, are you binging another show basically is what he's asking. And Wong, I think his reply is something how, um, this is really the, the best, you know, we really have some, uh, this is big TV time or something. And I took, I took the conversation as did you, when, did you get into another show meaning more fourth wall breaking kind of stuff? Meaning, uh, did you have to go cameo in another MCU show. 
and uh, Wong was being very uh, humble about his popularity. That's the way I took it. And uh, I think you can kind of take it both ways, I think. But um, I, uh, yeah, I loved, um, who else? Uh, Mark Lynn Baker as uh, Jen's father. Uh, for those of us who are old, we'll remember him as Cousin Larry from Perfect Strangers. Uh, that about blew my mind when he showed up on screen because for maybe three seconds, I didn't quite recognize him, but there was something very familiar about the guy. And as soon, like I said, it took me about three or four seconds and I was like, holy crap, that's cousin Larry. And, uh, just absolutely loved him in the show. Um, I hope there's more, either more She-Hulk, uh, as far as a TV show or in a movie, I know they made the joke in that last episode where when Jen has finished talking with Kevin and as she's leaving, Kevin says, see you in the movies. And she stops and she says, really? And he says, no, uh, that had to be a joke. I mean, she Hulk's going to show up in, in an Avengers movie, you know, she's gonna, but maybe that was more of a, you're not going to get your own movie at this point, but, uh, hopefully there's more, uh, shows just simply to see more Mark Lynn Baker as Jen's dad. He was just wonderful. I loved the 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 first time we meet him when she goes over to have dinner with the family and uh he's asking her about superheroes and his biggest concern is Hawkeye and all the arrows that he shoots and if he goes around after the battle and collects all of those arrows that he shot because you know, if they're just left lying around, a kid could pick one up and that could be really dangerous. That was that was a just a, a very it's a valid concern. It really is. And the fact that Jen's dad, that's, you know, that's the the biggest thing that he focuses on. The 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 one aspect of her becoming a Hulk is is he wants to know what happens to Hawkeye's arrows after a battle. You know, if Hawkeye's not going around picking him up, does somebody, you know, is there somebody in charge? that comes and, and collects that kind of stuff. So, you know, nobody gets hurt after I, I love that. And then, uh, and then there's, he has her doing stuff around the house, uh, that he can't do like moving the TV and bringing in all these, uh, big bottles of water and lifting the back of the car. So Ched, who is, uh, I don't, was that her? I, I think Ched was a cousin. I don't think it was her brother. I think it was a cousin. Ched changes the tire on a car and apparently they didn't have a jack. So Jen has to hold it up. Um, looking through the episodes here, um, I'm not going to sit here and rate which ones were, you know, from best to last, but the retreat episode number seven, where Jen is being ghosted by this dude that she just met and slept with. Uh, she is having a really hard time with that. And she ends up out at Blonsky's retreat where there are other um, powered type characters there who are, are are there for, you know, like a mental health break. You've got Manbull, El Agula, uh, the Porcupine, Saracen, and the Wrecker. And it is not only my favorite episode of this series, it's probably one of the greatest um, storylines in any MCU property. It was Watching it again the second time, it just cemented how great this show was. I mean, that that episode was just full of fun, comedic, and yet real personal moments. And I just I I I, I could watch that episode over and over and over. And uh I also loved how the show 
seemed to be really good about predicting what the trolls would complain about online regarding the show. And I don't know that it takes talent to predict that kind of stuff because the trolls are pretty predictable, especially when you have a character that, uh, you know, your main character is a woman. Uh, there's a lot of dudes out there that just, just, they just, they don't like that. They don't like it at all. And, uh, so they did really good about, um, getting ahead of that kind of criticism, that kind of BS basically that, you know, was going to pop up online and really kind of addressing it straight from the get go, uh, on the show, uh, by, by using, for example, this group, uh, online called the intelligentsia who were a bunch of, uh, uh, incel male, you know, males who, um, don't like women and were really angry that Jen had become a Hulk. And, you know, there was like a whole moment where a guy's like, uh, you know, well, why do we need a she Hulk anyway? We don't have a he Hulk, you know, and she just got her powers through nepotism and, and, uh, she didn't earn her powers and all this crap. And, and, uh, it's like the, it's like the lady Thor. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't like uh, Lady Thor, even if she was a man. So it's not because she's female. And, you know, just all the stuff that you see online. And uh, they, re- they they did really good about just kind of clapping back at the trolls uh, right away um, by making them a part of the show and pointing out uh, how stupid they are. Not that not that they would pick that up and go, oh, you know what? You guys, you're right. We're being we're being stupid. No, it just it just. Ultimately, it just fuels more of their hate, which for some reason that makes me that makes me happy as well. Um, looking back through the episodes, episode eight, Ribbit and Rip It was a great episode. That was the one that Daredevil finally shows up um, and has the character of Leapfrog in it, who was wonderful in this show. Um, a guy who really wants to be Batman, uh, but does so using the personification of a frog. He has a secret layer that he refers to as the lily pad. And he does call it a secret layer, even though there's a giant neon sign on top of the building that says lily pad. Uh, and it has like a frogger video game inside and a little, like a little fish pond. And, and, uh, and again, this is the, the episode that daredevil shows up in, which makes it just a little bit more special. Uh, episode five, mean green and straight poured into these jeans, um, where Titania has trademarked the name She-Hulk. Titania in the show is a super powered online influencer and she uses her superpowers, uh, to become uh, an influencer online and sell products. That's, that's her whole deal. And, uh, she trademarks the name She-Hulk and puts it on a line of beauty products that she sells, which, of course, doesn't make Jen happy. But uh, even more so, the law firm she works for, they, you know, they hired her to be the face of their uh, super superhuman law division. And in essence, they're paying for her name and they don't want it out there on all these beauty products. And so one of the other lawyers, Mallory Book, is assigned to. Uh, uh, as the attorney on the case and they go and um, fight to get that trademark back. And uh, Jen has to, to, to prove that she has been using the name She-Hulk before Titania trademarked it. She, she, she shows a, uh, like a, a dating app where she signed up as She-Hulk and that's where the, 
the title of the episode comes from because her tagline on her dating app is mean green and straightboard into these jeans. And she brings up all these guys that she dated through this app to, to show that um, she was using the name She-Hulk and she identified with the name She-Hulk and uh, really great stuff. Episode four, Is This Not Real Magic? The episode that Wong shows up in where a uh, uh, magician, a stage magician, uh, Chris Angel type who had studied at Karmataj to become a sorcerer and who got kicked out because he used his sling ring to open up a, a portal to bring his frat brother into Karmataj with a bunch of uh, beer kegs to party, uh, gets kicked out, but he keeps his sling ring. So he's been using it on stage and he, uh, Wong finds out and wants to take him, you know, in, enlists, uh, hires She-Hulk and her law firm to uh, take this guy to court uh, cease and desist because messing around with mystic powers like this could, could be really bad for the universe and the multiverse and existence as we know it. And this is the episode that introduces Madison who becomes like Wong's bestie and she calls him Wongers. <laughs> those, those two, if uh, they, they have, if they don't at least make like a special, like a Wong and Madison special where maybe they they investigate a crime. Again, I think I mentioned it in in a, in a different podcast, but in this episode, Madison is sent to another dimension that's full of demons and she escapes. They they make light of it. It's just like one of these things that she oh well I just I I met a another demon, a goat faced demon named Jake. I think she said his name was and and uh he helped me escape. I, I just had to give him some of my blood and blah 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 and all this stuff and and, uh, you know, I thought it would be fun if we, if they at least did a, if not a show, maybe a special like they did with Werewolf by Night, in which we learn that this Madison is not the real Madison and she's still trapped in this, in this other hell-like dimension and Wong has to go rescue her or, you know, or maybe they just hang out and watch TV. I could watch a whole hour long episode on just Madison and Wong hanging out, watching TV. And just be, because that episode, episode four has a uh, post credit scene with the two of them watching TV and they're just, she's just asking him, you know, about different alcoholic drinks. You know, have you had this? Have you had that? And it's just some of the best stuff I've ever seen on TV. And the two of them have just such chemistry together. They're both, um, they, they just work so well together that that needs, that needs to be a, that needs to be a show. But those are, those are some of my favorite episodes. Um, I don't know. If there's really much else I want to say about this show, I'm kind of looking through the Wikipedia page to see if anything stands out because I don't want to finish recording and get the episode all put together and go, oh, crap, I was going to talk about this and that and it didn't. And I'm sure that's going to happen regardless. But um, I guess episode three, uh, the episode that introduces us to Runa, the light elf from New Asgard, who is a shapeshifter and poses as Megan the Stallion and dupes Jen's old uh, district attorney colleague. Uh, Blonsky is the only name I remember that guy. I don't know, remember his first name. He's a real jerk, but dupes him out of like $175,000. The, the episode's pretty good, but the reaction that Jen has when she learns that Blonsky thought he was dating Megan the Stallion and that because he bought her a Prius thinking that he was buying a Prius for making the stallion and how ridiculous that is that 
Blonsky thinks that Megan the Stallion drives a Prius. Uh, just little things like that in these episodes are great. Um, Pug and Nikki going to Luke Jacobson's place to uh, to to talk him into making special clothes for Jen. Um, and Pug, we learn that he's you know he's just a big Avengers fan, and um, he at one point asks Nikki to stand in line with him to get these new shoes that are coming out, the Iron Man threes because it's one pair per person and he needs two pair. And she asks him, why do you need two pair? And he says one to rock and one to stock. Uh, yeah, great stuff. Um, we also get a bit that is, uh, apparently going to tie into a world war Hulk movie, uh, because the whole, uh, the whole reason Jen ends up getting these powers is due to a, a Sakaran spacecraft flying into their path as they're driving along and they get in a wreck and, she gets some of uh, Bruce's blood in a wound, and that makes her the She-Hulk. Uh, we get a bit more of the Hulk in that Sakaran spacecraft a little later. And then at the very end of the show, uh, Bruce shows back up with his son, Scar. Um, didn't like Scar too much. It, you know, it almost, again, it didn't look like they they were able to spend a lot of time with the CGI on Scar. Uh, but he did a good job of just looking uncomfortable. Uh, you know, being introduced to his new family. That was kind of fun. You know, the the Hulk introducing his alien son, Scar, from the planet Sakar for the first time to his family in a backyard cookout. I again, you're not going to get that in other MCU shows. And it's okay that they've done it here. It, it, it makes the show much more fun. And it was, you know, it was lighthearted. It was fun. It was funny. There were there again, there were moments of real um, drama and um, it was just a great show. I don't know what else I'm going to say about it. Uh, I'm seeing the name Porcupine here on the site. And the again, I just got to go back to that episode, The Retreat, because Manbull, El Agula, Porcupine, Wrecker, Saracen just love them so much in the show. And a lot of people are upset by the way that the the wrecking crew were uh portrayed in this show. Uh but I don't know and I'm looking through the 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 cast list here. I don't know if they ever say the wrecker's real name. Oh, Mr. Immortal there was an episode with Mr. Immortal who uh is being sued by all his ex-wives because when the he you know he lives forever and he dies and is is just basically comes right back to life. And so anytime a marriage, uh, you know, if there was a, if the, he was having a fight with his wife or just something about the marriage, he just decided he didn't want to he didn't want to deal with it anymore. He'd fake his death and then he'd come back as a as a still looking the same, but under a new identity and then marry somebody else. Um, yeah, I'm trying to find. Yeah. So or at least on Wikipedia, it just says uh, Nick Gomez, who played the wrecker. And I, again, I don't remember, I don't think they gave his actual name in this show. So for all we know, um, you know, what makes the wrecking crew, the wrecking crew is, is, is their, their weapons, the, the, the Asgardian magic that was, um, given to these, these characters. And so like the, the kind of like Mjolnir, um, these certain items were imbued with, with Asgardian magic. And, and one of those is the, is the crowbar. So for all we know, we could get a wrecking crew later 
at some point in the MCU and have it be four different guys and have them be pretty badass. You know, they were funny in this show. They were useless. They were um, not effective at all. And the Wrecker uh, ended up being one of my favorite characters on the show. He ended up being, there's a moment in the retreat where he convinces She-Hulk to transform back into Jen during during their group session um, as a way to, you know, let's not hide behind this, this, this mask anymore, this shield. And you just, you just know that as soon as she changes back into Jen, he's going to attack her. And he never does. He ends up being like one of her biggest supporters. And just a, a, an episode or two before he tried to, uh, you know, he and his three buddies attacked her in an alley and tried to steal her blood. So, um, I am not at all upset with the way that the wrecking crew and the wrecker were portrayed in this show. Uh, and again, these just may be Four guys that were giving the that were given these items and uh, their first time out, they fail miserably and maybe they end up being given to somebody else. And we'll we'll get a wrecking crew later on in in the MCU somewhere that's more uh, more like the comics. I don't know. Anyway, that uh, I'm going to keep stumbling across little things that that uh, is going to make me laugh and want to talk about various stuff in the show, but I got to wrap this up because it's, it's getting a bit long. So, uh, that was my experience watching the show. She Hulk attorney at law twice and loving it even more the second time around. Hey, if you want to, uh, drop me a line, provide me a little with a little feedback. Uh, if you just want to say hi, if you want to tell me how much cutting grass is something that helps you become one with the world, you can uh, send me an email at justanotherfanboy at gmail.com. You can also use the Just Another Fanboy voice line. Uh, that's in the show notes. You can use that number to send me a voicemail or send me a text. Just make sure if you text me, you let me know who you are, because otherwise all I got is the phone number. I may not know who you are based on that phone number. I may have a clue based on your email address, but you know, it's probably a good idea to tell me who you are in the email as well. Unless, you know, we're close. We, 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 we've talked a lot by email. Beyond that, you can uh, you can follow me over on Twitter. I go by the handle at Stephen or else. You can join the forum, Just Another Fanboy Forum at uh, forum.justanotherfanboy.com. You can also join my free Substack, Stephen Says Stuff, and you can get all of these episodes that I release every week sent directly to your inbox, your email inbox, the morning that that episode's released. And when I'm not podcasting, because I, I took a couple of weeks off there, um, I was still doing stuff. I made some videos and, and whatnot, uh, you know, lyric music videos for the old bands I was in and various things. And, and we're still sending those out through the Substack. So you're, 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 you're going to get stuff from me. That's probably one of the best places to go. You can also check out my website, stevenorels.com, where it's all about me. If you can't see me right now, I'm, I'm, I'm giving a cheeky grin. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's that's all I got, folks. Episode 300 is coming up, but uh, next week we'll do episode 299. And uh, I don't know what I'm going to talk about yet, but until then, folks, my name is Steven, and I'm just another fanboy. Be nice to each other.
Bye bye, Daddy. Good job. <laughs> Uh-oh.